Let me pause for a word of prayer. Almighty God, as we come before your presence, thanking you that as we prepare ourselves for music, for coming together and worship you, let us also now receive your word today as it deals with I am the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to share with you that about 16 years ago, some of you, as I've mentioned before, I had a uh, children's ministry with my wife over in Columbia, Pennsylvania, that was called Kids Galaxy. But in the midst of that, ladies and gentlemen, I remember a day when I was in my office and I get the, uh, my, the secretary was able to say, hey, Pastor Ricky, someone's here to see you. And it was one of the parents from one of the children. What happened there was that she, uh, she sat down and then she just started sobbing tears just flowing down her face, and and she gathered herself. She says, you know, Pastor Ricky, I've been asking God, you know, where is he? Where's been the light, that fire that was once there? You see, that person was a follower of Christ, but throughout time, I don't know what happened. I didn't specifically ask her what was taking place. All I knew was that she was hurting. And she mentioned as she continued on and sharing her story, she was telling how in the midst of all her life, you know, now in the, when, when she's thinking that she wants to know and experience the presence of God, where is the light, she was asking. And then the Lord showed her, just turn around. She just stopped, stopped, continued crying more uncontrollably because she realized that Jesus was never gone from her. It's that she had turned away from the light. She decided to be, to live a life of darkness, a life of sin, and separated herself from God. And she needed that light. And and, and so we prayed together. And also at her request, I gave her a brand new Bible. And continued on, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Bible says there, you know, in that verse 12, it says, if you follow me, you won't have to. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. You won't have to, but the thing is that people still decide to do so. Sometimes in our lives, it feels dark for some days, some months, for some years, But when we decide to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God, the light of the world through Jesus can break through the darkness. Amen. Amen. Let's continue on with uh, chapter 9, verse 12 of this book of John. Just turn the page here a moment. I'll be reading verses 1 through 12, but I'm going to be stopping intermittently to share a few words. Beginning on verse 1, it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Now, I want to let you know, let me pause there for a moment, that in those days, and you can probably say in our times right now, there are people who believe that if someone is with illness or disease or blindness, it is caused by a sin in their lives, whether it is by their own commitment or by their parents' commitment or someone else. Let's continue on. Jesus then responds to this answer. He says, uh, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered, 
This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. You know, I want to share a few words here. There was a, a man by the name of a John Charles Ryle, a.k.a. J.C. Ryle. He was a writer, a pastor, evangelical preacher. Uh, he was the first Anglican bishop uh, in Liverpool in the late 1800s. Among his works was the expository thoughts of the gospel. And when reading this passage of this specific, specific uh, verse 3, this is what he wrote. The life we now live in the flesh is our day. Let us take care that we use it well for the glory of God and the good of our souls. Let us work out our salvation with fear and trembling while it is called today. There is no work nor labor in the grave toward which we all fast, excuse me, uh, which we are all fast hastening. Let us pray and read and keep our Sabbaths holy and hear God's word and do good in our generation like men who never forget that the night is at hand. One time, our time is very short. Our daylight will soon be gone. Opportunities once lost can never be retrieved. A second lease of life is granted to no man. Then let us resist procrastination as we would resist the devil. Whatever our hand finds to do, let us do it with our might. The night comes when no man can work. Verse 4 says, Jesus continues saying, we must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us, as I mentioned. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made, uh, made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told them, go, wash yourself in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. And so the man went and washed and came back seeing. Ladies and gentlemen, there are going to be times that we believe that God is telling us to do something that will be strange and seem unconventional ways. But it was God who sent you. If it was God who sent you, he's going to provide a way. On verse 8, the Bible says, his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. They asked him, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread over my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam and, and wash yourselves. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Ladies and gentlemen, throughout this story, you know, I had another illustration here for you, but just, like, just yesterday, God reminded me of an experience that I had uh, several, several years ago. As I was a missionary in Nicaragua, 
I went to a town where I was going to be preaching every day, was going to be doing something. In the mornings was going to be some type of training for the leaders, for the community outreach. And in the evenings was a worship service that we can bring a message of God in those in Spanish. And so as we continue on, I remember, ladies and gentlemen, that people were just coming and, and little by little as they came, it kept on throughout the week, was filling up more and more. This was a church that was missing half of its roof. There was no windows on the side, only, you know, with the bricks and the martyrs that were there and just a door that had a lock on it. And I question, why does the door have a lock on it when there's no windows? But I remember when we were worshiping one day and the rain was just coming down and it was going inside half of our church and the dirt, the, the floor was dirt. There was no carpet. It was just dirt. And I, thought, I kind of figured, you know, here it is that the pastor's just going to call it off and the or service is done. I was totally wrong. Those individuals that were on this side uh, went side by side, shoulder to shoulder on that side, and they kept on worshiping. The, 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 the roof was made out of sink, and so when the rain, the downpour, it got so loud there, but that didn't deter them. They actually got louder in worshiping God. And I remember all that rain that was coming down and the dirt that was going through, and here's that water going out the, uh, out the, the door. And just mud on one side, and of course, some of the mud, you know, maybe three-quarters of the way in was also in the area that was filled with all the people. And I share that story, keep that in mind, as how the makeup of that building was. Half roof missing, no windows, dirt on the floor, because what I'm about to tell you. Throughout the week, there was a young lady. I mean, I, I already mentioned that there were more people that were coming in, but there was one young lady who was there from the very beginning. Night after night, and finding out that she was blind. But she worshiped the Lord, that, that the blindness, she didn't care. She was worshiping, and she's dancing and moving around as she's just giving honor and glory to God. Show us the freedom that the children have to worship God, and we as adults should never lose that in our lives, that we can freely worship God. Instead of saying, man, that, that Pastor Ricky looks funny, just, just jumping up and down. To be able to say, wow, Pastor Ricky's just feeling it right here. Woo, yeah, you know. But this child, throughout the week, kept on going, and then it was that last day. The last day that this church was packed, the worship kept on going, people praising God, and it was in the evening. I preached, the music was there, then it was time for the altar call, the people to come and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. As I prayed for people, then there was this young girl that came forward. And just the power of the Almighty God just, you know, just took over. I, don't, I, I can't explain it, ladies and gentlemen. But what I found myself doing as I'm praying for her, she's crying, I'm crying. I'm, just the power of the Almighty God in that midst. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm in tears. She's in tears, the people are in tears, and I'm just, 
And as I look down, what do I see? I see dirt. <laughs> I find myself <laughs> getting on one, on one knee. And I'm, and I'm, I'm even thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> I go and spit on the ground. And my tears are just going and mixed on that mixture. And I'm putting it together. And I can only imagine how Jesus was doing to this man. And I go and grab the mud. I'm, I'm still thinking, what am I doing? It's, it's like it wasn't even me. And I place that mud on the girl's eyes, eyelids. And she's still in tears. I'm in tears. I pray for her in the name of Jesus. People are praying, giving all honor and glory to God. They wipe away the mud. She opens up her eyes. And she says, Pastor, I see you. And for me, I was like, I know there was a power of God that was there. Pastor, I see you. And people start shouting with joy. The pastor asks a young man, he says, go over, go over there, go over there, young man. Can you see him? She says, yes, I can see him. Yes, I can see him. And then the pastor says, go a little further. <laughs> go a little further. He's out there. And then he says, put up a number. Put up a number, of the, you know, in your hand. She, he puts it on, and, and she says, that's how much he's, he's, he's holding up. And then the past, people are shouting with joy, and then because they knew the girl. I didn't know her. The pastor says, go a little further, just a little further. <laughs> and I was thinking, man, he's really testing the limits. He says, she says, it's becoming a little blurry right now. <laughs> she was being honest, and she came forward. This was a young girl that we used to come every day, every evening, to just worship, and then on the end of the service, she will cling on to somebody, a relative, and walk out the door. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of healing because we have a big God. But I also understand that there are questions why this person is being healed and not the other. Whew, I didn't think I was going to get emotional. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I still remember that day as if it was just yesterday. When the Bible says that the people around saying, isn't he the man that was begging and sitting some people were like, yeah, yeah, that was the one. Others would say, no, it's just somebody that looks like him. And he's saying, it's me. It's really me. You know, when you give a, your life to Christ, people are going to say, isn't he the man that was uh, selling drugs? Isn't she the woman that was always with foul mouth, your language? Isn't, you know, he or, or they're always going to be saying, some people be like, yeah, that was the person. And look at the change that God has done in her life. 
Isn't he the man that was with all this addiction? Somebody would be like, no, that, that wasn't him. And he's, he or she is saying, that was me. And when they say, well, what happened? Just like the people told this man, what happened? There was this man named Jesus. Can't we say the same thing of how Jesus has transformed our lives, that in the midst of our sins that we create, that darkness in our spiritual lives, here Jesus is saying, I can break through. I am the light of the world. I can break through. But the Bible is saying that you won't have to live in darkness, but why are people still living in darkness? It is the free will that you decide to do so, but don't blame God when things are going wrong. We can't blame God. God wants to know that he gave his son for you and for me, that we should have life. That the same Jesus who said, look, I am the light of the world is also the same Jesus who said, I am the good shepherd. And I remember that Psalm 23 passage when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, on verse 4, where it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. When we're in that midst of the darkness, in the midst of the valleys, it seems like it's dark and the, and the sin in our lives can, can try to break us up and, and in our journey of life. But in the midst of all that, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. You are the light of the world. You have, I, I want to be able to have that light in me and through Jesus Christ. As you can tell, I'm no longer looking at my notes. I'm just continuing on. Amen. And so for our tech team, if you know, you're being like, where's Pastor Ricky going? Hey, just follow. I'm, I'm following the spirit here, okay? Amen. <laughs> There's a thing that we have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that God doesn't want his people to be living in darkness. As darkness is caused by the sin in our lives. Temptation is not the sin, but it is the, the, the sin that in our lives that causes darkness. God doesn't want that. If you believe that God's going to continue to bless you with so many other things while you're living in darkness, be careful with that. God is a God of grace. We understand that. But he's also a God of justice. And when we make sure that we don't try to be a, a, a downgrade that love that he has for us, that light that we should have in our lives, that when people are saying there's something different with him, there's something different with her, oh, you should have seen her life. And when they say, well, what happened? Oh, man, with confidence that you can say it was Jesus. It was Jesus. You see, you're not giving credit to yourself, but you're giving credit to the all, uh, our awesome, almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. And in fact, I want to be able to go to that uh, uh, the scripture reference of Genesis chapter 1. Beginning on verse 1, in the very beginning, the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The darkness covered the deep uh, waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. But get this, ladies and gentlemen. Then God said, let there be what? Light. 
And there was light, and God saw that the light was good. And then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and the morning came, marking the first day. But I believe, ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of the darkness, God knows that people live in darkness, but there is an answer. His one and only son who gave his life for you and for me, that we can have light in the midst of the darkness when we feel that everything else seems dark around us and that we can still shine on. Just like that hymn that, you know, that says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You're going to let it shine whenever things are, when things are good, when things are not going so good, and we're not saying that you're a follower of Christ and everything is going to be okay. I'd be lying to you if I said that to you. But, oh, boy, just like this year, my goodness, so many things happening left and right. When you think something's done, another, uh, something else happens. But is it really a distraction for your lives and when we're seeing God that we, just like the young lady or the woman, the parent that I started out with this story, she said that she was a follower of Christ, but she felt darkness and it was because of the sin in her life that she would be able to say, God showed her to just turn around. I've been right here all along. Where do you stand? Can you see the light of Christ in you? Can you see yourself and be honest with yourself and say, God, I have done wrong. God, I have been in the darkness. God, I have sinned against heaven and earth and against you, God. Forgive me. The Bible says that he will not only forgive you, but he will cleanse you. Ooh. Cleanse you to know that as you start over, just like the Bible is saying, the light, that God created light, you know, the day and night. Why are we separating it by a.m. and p.m.? It can mark the first day in your life when God, when you have given your life to Christ. That this is a new day. It is marked as the first day. And today could be this July, what is it, 19th? 2020, in the midst of everything else that's going on around you, it seems like everything else is falling apart. Let Christ be that light. It's been, told, it's been mentioned that someone who has a light can be seen for miles. Where are you in your spiritual life? You may not be uh, uh, physically blind, but you could be spiritually blind. Let Jesus, the light of the world, break through. When anybody else is asking you off, again, you could say Jesus. And by saying Jesus, you've gone through that experience that you can say out loud and with confidence the words of the great hymn that says, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. How sweet the sound. It's an amazing grace that we don't even understand. But we should be so grateful for it. I'm looking here because I got so excited that I forgot the words to it. 
but it says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Let me pray for you at this very moment, ladies and gentlemen. God, and today... We come to in-person worship service, and for those who are joining online, we pray for all of them, Lord. There are things that in our lives, and we see around us, or we hear things around us, or we see the news, and, or word of mouth, and the things that are happening, the circumstances, the situations, that it can blind us from your grace. It can blind us from understanding who you are. God, let us be that light because we have that light of the world in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, in our schools, in our businesses. That light being Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to share something with you. I don't want you to leave out this place. And for those of you who are tuning in online, I don't want you to finish out this service without saying, okay, so what do I do if I want to accept the light of the world in my life? So I want to pray this prayer with me for those of you who, who, who are here and for those of you who are online. Just pray this prayer. And God Almighty, I heard today that Jesus is the light of the world. I have darkness in my life, and God knows about it. I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart, into my life. I want to be the change that when people say, wasn't he, wasn't she the person who used to do this? that I can respond, it was Jesus, the light of the world living in me. So God, I accept Jesus Christ, your son, into my life to forgive my sins, that I might be transformed and start living again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.